Thank you so much for tuning in to our church podcast. You can go to atarapentecost.com for questions about services and how to donate. We pray that you are blessed by this message today. God bless. Day season, certainly uh, if there's a high point during this time of the year, it is our holidays. And uh, I would like to... Uh, encourage you to come and be with us Wednesday night when uh, it is Thanksgiving evening and we are going to have a few of the young people help us out and we're going to talk a little bit about Thanksgiving. But we are a blessed people today. You are, you are, if you are especially, if you are sitting here in the house of God, you are a blessed person. Just to live in this great nation we call America, you are a blessed individual. And if you don't believe that, ask the people that are breaking down barriers just to try to get here. Amen. And frequently uh, we use the term, bless you. How many of you ever, especially when you sneeze, right? And... As a Christian, when we say bless you or God bless you, we really, uh, as in the Christian sense, we're calling or praying on God's favor into your life. That's a good thing. The word blessed, or at least variations of that word, can be found somewhere around 500 times throughout the Bible. So it's something that really we should follow. It's, it's pretty uh, paramount, you might say. And we also use a term in regards to giving our permission, blessing, or our approval on somebody's action. Amen. Seeking someone's blessing to proceed, you might say. How many fathers have had daughters that have gotten married and the groom-to-be, your future son-in-law, came and they said, I would like your blessing. Has that occurred? Sure. And so we use that in that sense, and we we use that term also uh, when we bless somebody. We can, you know, how many of you like to be blessed by an individual? You know, birthdays, so on and so forth, or sometimes somebody just comes to you and say, I just want to bless you this morning, and here you go. Here's a $1,000 bill. Might be pushing a little bit, but, you know, you get, you get the drift, right? <clears throat> but if we really want to catch the full meaning, we must go to the Scripture. Would you agree? And no better place, of course, to go than the book of Genesis, and we can listen and we can hear God speak this word into existence. He first speaks it, believe it or not, into living creatures of the water and the air. The Bible says he blessed them. Here's what he told them. He says, I give you permission to be fruitful and to multiply. These creatures have no soul. God didn't fashion and form them after his own image. He didn't breathe into them. And they became a living soul, but he did bless them. And he told them, you'll find this, and we're going to look at a couple of uh, 
of uh, words that go hand in hand with blessing. He said, be fruitful, multiply. And But they were not created in the image of God. But now if we go just a little bit further, we find in Genesis 1, 27 and 28 that God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. If you're a female, say thank you for males. If you're a male, say thank you for females this morning, right? Amen. And uh, then the Bible says, and God blessed them. He blessed them. The Hebrew word used here is a word that is called barak. And what it means initially, it means to kneel before someone greater than you so they can present to you a gift or favor or status. It means that what they want to do, what they you are permitting them to do is to give you anything that is within their domain, whatever is under their power and whatever they own, whatever is in their storehouse. Are you with me so far? So picture with me, if you would, this moment in history, and I'm going to use my imagination here. I don't know if they actually knelt before God, but I guarantee you, it was a personal experience. I'm convinced of it. I believe that we, if we could, here we have Adam and Eve kneeling before their creator, okay? Standing, kneeling, I'm of the belief. They're kneeling before him. Whether he lays his hands on them or not, I don't know. But the Amplified Bible reads like this. And God blessed them, granting them certain authority, and said to them, Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subjugate it, putting it under your power, rule over, dominate the fish of the sea, the birds of the air. God is giving them authority what He has already blessed. He said, these are key words. He said, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and have power to conduct your life and live as I have blessed you, meaning that you have, Adam, you have all power over all of my creation on earth, and it's not coming from any other source except the creator of the universe. Am I exaggerating? And every living thing that moves upon the earth. God goes on through verses 31, and once again the Amplified Bible says that God saw everything, yes, Brother Ali, that He had made, and behold, it was very good, and it says that he validated it completely. In other words, he put his stamp of approval on everything that he had just done, and the ultimate 
that he proclaimed was his blessing upon humanity. He said, I want you to be fruitful. He says, I want you to live the abundant life. I want you to feel free to multiply and fill the earth. Would we be in line with the Genesis narrative if we were to say the most valuable blessing of all was their walk with God, their relationship with God? And the Bible says this, now listen carefully, you see, because I am a firm believer that they literally had a walk with God. The Bible tells us, and I need to move ahead, but then come back. But it says, and when they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, I am of the belief this was not an out-of-the-ordinary occurrence. I believe this was part of God's plan. It was part of the blessing upon humanity that he elevated his masterpiece the Bible says a little lower than the angels, but he elevated men to the status of a relationship with a conscious and a knowledge of their creator. It was the ultimate blessing. God's desire was to build a relationship with Adam as he moved forward in building the family of the human race. The Bible says, And the Lord took the man, put him in the Garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it, in other words, to cultivate it, to be the overseer, to manage it, if you would. Verse 16, Adam is told they may eat of every tree in the garden but one. We know the story. Verse chapter 3 and 22 tells us the tree of life was in the garden at this time. That's right. In other words, part of the blessing of God was that any old time that Adam started maybe to get a little tired, I don't know if that happened, but he, he had the blessing of God to reach over and to pick off a fruit of the tree of life and to partake of that so that he could live by design. He was meant to live forever, eternally with the relationship that God had just given him. I'm, I'm not... I'm not out of the Bible here. In other words, God had blessed them. God blessed them. He wanted them to multiply. He wanted them to live life abundantly. He wanted them to know that he was going to be with them, that he was going to follow the progression of this family of the human race as Adam built it. Can you imagine what could have happened? Or we don't know the span of time before the fall, but on day whatever, 30 days out, 
Adam has made progress in building and, and Adam and, and the Lord are there. God shows up and uh, he's looking at what Adam's done and they're having, hey, whoa, that's pretty cool, Adam. I like what you've done, son, son. I like what you're doing with my place that I've given you. I like your remodel. I know. Am I big exaggerating? Am I? That's it. You see, God wanted to be involved in the progression of humanity. He wanted to be there. And before we made that, that uh, fatal mistake, he wanted to be there. And if uh, I don't know how it happened, but is it possible that Adam didn't show up one day? I don't know. But what we do know is that we know beyond doubt that God wanted to be involved in the decisions and the progression of humanity as we begin to build. He'd given Adam his blessing. He says, but you know, there's one tree you don't want to don't want to mess with. That's the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Don't mess with that one. You don't need to untap this thing called evil. I've got it contained. You do understand that. God had evil. God had the devil in a tin can with a lid on it. And it was men. It was humanity that opened that, what do they used to call that, jack-in-the-box. God had the adversary contained. Adam, don't release it. Don't go to that tree. Because when you do, your eyes will be open. You will see the difference between good and evil. My blessing is not on the evil. It's on the good. You need to stay away from the evil. We know the story. They fell. They no longer could partake of that tree of, of life. And if you read chapter 3 and 24... Listen carefully, and says we are told God drove them out of the garden. Now, again, I'm going to tell you the, I'm going to give you the GK opinion here. The same way that God blessed them, the same way that God walked with them, the same way that God had a relational conversation with them, as Adam and God would walk, and 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 Adam was free to ask God questions. I'm convinced that you don't, you and I don't want to be a part of the conversation, Sister Reyes, that God had to have with Adam and Eve that day. You don't want to hear, you don't want to feel the weight of what they had just done. You don't want to hear that, con you don't want to be in the proximity of the conversation as God explains to them 
and he, he and he, he not only he explains to them, but the Bible says that that he literally clothes them with the with the skins of animals. I'm convinced that he made them watch. You see, we we just we treat that little guard that tree. You know, we that apple we call it. We we treat it like it's just a a no nonsense. You know, uh, whatever, no big. But you don't even want to. You don't want to be in the in the close where you can hear the conversation and the broken heart of Adam and Eve and God Himself as they begin to converse as to why that he had to drive. The Bible says that he had to drive them. You think they wanted to leave his presence? He had to drive them out of there. And then he had to place a flaming cherubim. Powerful. That's a... That's a very real conversation that you and I need to be attentive to sometimes before we step out on a limb. I can't imagine that conversation. But it was real. It was real. We pick up God's blessing again in the story of Noah after he found grace first and was delivered by his act of faith. In chapter number 9, And God blessed Noah, listen carefully, and his sons and said unto them, Again, again, here is the blessing of God. He said, Noah, God blessed Noah, his sons, and said, Be fruitful, multiply, live life replenish or refill the earth. This time God adds something to his blessing. Verse number 9, he adds a thing. He says, I will establish my covenant with you. The covenant promised the rainbow in the sky. He would never destroy men by flood again. Genesis 12, now the Lord... Let's move, move forward here. We gotta, let's follow the blessing. The blessing follows, first of all, grace. The foundation of grace is laid. And then this time, that blessing is connected with a covenant. Genesis 12, we move, we follow this blessing. Now the Lord had said to Abraham, leave your country. Leave your family. Go with me. Go with me to a land of promise, Abraham. He said, and I will, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. And this time, watch, something very powerful. And you shall be a blessing. You shall be a blessing, Abraham. I am moving this covenant down to building of a nation of people on planet Earth. And this time, not my blessing is not going to be just to one person. 
but my blessing is now going to flow into your hands and now you will be able to be a conduit and a blesser. Wow. How many of you would like to be a blesser? Nobody? Whoa. How many of you want to be blessed? All right, there's a couple more anyway. And watch this. He says, and I will bless them that bless you, and I will curse the one that curses you. And in, and in you, in you, Abraham, all, 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 all families of the earth, all of them will be blessed. We know that covenant blessing was to come to the promised son Isaac, not to who? Not to Ishmael. It was going to come through Isaac. The blessing begins to turn into a struggle between the twins, Jacob and Esau, even while they were in the womb. Jacob prevails in his cry to God. He says, I will not let you go until you bless me. Oh, are you with me? I don't want to lose you here. God is trying his best to get his, his masterpiece called humanity to a place where they can receive exactly what he designed us to receive and to be. He wants you and me to get to a place where we understand that he is in the blessing business to his, to his masterpiece called man. Jacob, now it's a struggle, it's a struggle for Jacob, but, but the Bible says that he prevails and he cries. He says, God, I will not let you go until you bless me. We know the angel of the Lord says, no longer will you be called Jacob, but your name, God's changing to Israel, for as a prince. Okay? As a prince, you have power with God and man and have prevailed. The nation of Israel does, they, they do multiply, but it's a struggle that takes them into Egypt. Listen carefully. Was there anything in writing from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob concerning the covenant blessing? Hello, Bible scholars. Answer me. Was there anything in writing? Thank you, Brother Ross. No, there was nothing in writing. You know how it came? It came through the one that had received the blessing initially. It came from Father Abraham through Isaac, through Jacob, through the 12 sons of Israel, and through their sons, 
It was something that they knew that they had to keep flowing because there was nothing. They couldn't pick up the newspaper. They couldn't read historically as far as we know where this thing was coming from and where it was going. They just had to follow it. They had to follow it. They had to follow the path through Abraham, through Isaac, through Jacob, through the 12 sons of Jacob. Now, I think we would be safe in saying that now God's blessing was kept alive in part at least, not in part I guess really, through the nation of Israel by their act of circumcision. That's one of the, why are you, well because, It's part of the blessing covenant. Hello. Then while they're in bondage, God puts a call into Moses. Exodus 2 and 24, Bible says God remembers his covenant of blessing and puts a call into Moses. God now is going to add something new to the blessing. Listen carefully Deuteronomy 10 or 28, 1 through 10. Listen, now God is going to add something to this blessing that is probably the most powerful of all. He's now adding His word to the blessing. He says this. He says, if you will observe and do all the commandments... Now, it is not just a historical fiction story. Now it has come down through the hands of Moses and he's got it in his hands. And now God is saying, now I am going to get it to you in a way that your sons can read about it, that your daughters can read about it. It is part of my blessing. And it says this, it says, All these blessings shall come on you. And it goes and it says, these blessings will overtake you. You'll have to read it. I don't have. Brother Cliff, you're more than welcome. Put it up there if you would. Deuteronomy 28, 1 through 10. And you can look at it. God said, okay. Now I'm going to put it in writing. He says, I'm going to put it in writing. It's not just a promise. It is now, I'm going to put it in writing. And you've got to read it. Listen to it. Look at that. He says, I'll set you on high above all the nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come on you. And they will overtake you. In other words, you won't be able to even outrun them. You can't walk fast enough to get by them. The blessing is after you. Said you will be blessed when you're in the city. You will be blessed when you're in the field. You will be, your, the fruit of your body is going to be blessed. The fruit of the labor of the ground is going to be blessed. The fruit of your cattle, the increase of your kind, and the flocks of your sheep. 
Blessed shall be thy basket and thy store. Blessed shalt thou be when thou come in and when you go out. The Lord shall cause your enemy to rise up against thee, to be smitten before your face. They shall come out against thee one way, and they will go back out seven different ways. The Lord shall command the blessing upon you in your storehouse and on all that thou settest thine hand to do. He will bless you in the land which the Lord thy God will bless you with. The Lord shall establish thee, a holy people, unto himself, as he hath sworn unto thee, if thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God and walk in his ways. Now the blessing comes. It comes now. He adds a little bit more to it. He says, now I'm going to put it in writing. He says, I'm God. I'm going to put it in writing. I'm going to put it in in a legal document so that you know that I am God. And if you will be a doer and an obeyer of the word, I'm telling you that the blessings I have, they will run before you. You can't outrun them. You'll never get away from it. Then we know that that blessing follows through King David. And he adds a little bit more. But now we, we got the word. We got the promise. We got the word. We got the covenant. Then we pick it up in Luke 1. Gabriel shows up. Mary, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. And blessed are you among women. Why? Well, because, because the plan of God is going to allow you to conceive. The reason why you are blessed, Mary, is because we don't understand. I've often wondered why, Lord, why did you pick this one, this one, and this one, and this one, and this one? There was quite a few people out there, you know. It didn't have to be Andrew and his bro Peter and, you know, the sons of thunder. Like could have been Johnny Boy and, you know, whomsoever. And didn't have to be Mary. could have been James. We don't know. What I do know is that if you are one that has experienced the blessing of God in your life, you have been in, you have, He has given you the Holy, if if you have experienced the plan of salvation, He literally has placed within you Inside of you, there is a seed of blessing. For you shall conceive, give birth to Jesus. He shall be called the Son of the Highest. We know on two different occasions, the voice of God spoke from heaven, proclaiming that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And then on the second time, God told Peter, James, and John, He said, listen to him. 
Luke eleven twenty seven. a woman cries out, Blessed is the mother who gave you birth. Jesus spoke back. He said, Blessed rather are those that hear the word of God and obey it. Thomas, after the resurrection, Thomas is, we know the story. Thomas says, I'll never believe it until I see him. Thomas proclaims, my Lord and my God. Jesus says, Thomas, he says, you have seen, you have believed. He said, but blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. Jesus said, you see, part of the blessing, part of the blessing is in the knowledge. Jesus said, whom do men say that I am? Whom do men say that I am? Peter, some, they, they said, well, you know, hey, they're thinking you're Jeremiah, John Baptist, Isaiah, you know, whoever. That's what, you know, the folks are saying out there. You know, Harvard and Yale and and those colleges that were that were founded by Christianity? What? Those colleges were, they used to be like Bible teaching facilities. Boy, scratch my head on that one. Jesus said, well, that's good. That's, he said, well, who do you say you are? Who do you say that I am? Listen, young men, boys, whoever, man, take it down, bro. The blessing, the blessing of the blessing of the blessing of the blessing, it begins with an understanding. He said, but Peter, who do you say that I am? He says, you're, he says, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. You are the prophetic blessing that has come down in flesh. He said, Peter, he said, he said, you, he said, blessed are you, Peter. He said, blessed are you, Peter. He says, because you know and understand who it is that's talking with you. I believe he was the same. He was the incarnate. He was the incarnate God that was fixing to lay his hands upon a new creation. And he was going to turn them loose. But he had to know for a certainty that when that preacher got up and preached the first message, Peter of all men needed to understand who he was preaching. It was Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the invisible God incarnate. And he said, blessed art thou, O Peter. He said, blessed art thou. He said, flesh and blood hath not revealed this to you. He says, but it's come from on high. And he says, I'm telling you what, son. He says, I am going to build my church. How? He said, I am going to build my church. 
I believe he might have done a little finger pointing at that time. He said, Peter, I am going to build my church and the gates of hell will not, shall not, will not, ever not prevail against it. And he says, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom. And he said, when you unloose this thing, you are going to unleash the most powerful blessing that I ever intended to come upon humanity. You see, I am, I am a blessed, the, the blessing of God in part, a big part that has come into my life is a knowledge, it's a knowledge of who he is. He is the ultimate, all-encompassing, invisible God that came to save me in a robe of humanity. He became one of us. The gospel. Got to follow, follow the blessing. Where, where is it? Where does it go? It goes, it goes right through the birth and the resur- the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It comes through the birth of the church on the day of Pentecost. You gotta follow it. The gospel is the blessing, the complete message, inclusive of the name and of the word and of the new covenant blood. You, we don't even get it. We don't understand what we are holding inside of my heart. I am holding within my heart the very blessing of God that that came in the plan of the complete redemption from the Son of God. Follow it. Death, burial, resurrection. Once again, he finds that walk with two of the disciples on the road to Emmaus. That's not just happenstance, you understand? He was reconnecting. He was reconnecting with walking with humanity. He was reconnecting. You don't think so? Then why would it that he would pull up to him and he would say, why is your countenance sad? And they begin to tell him their burden of life. And he walked with them and on the way he explained to them, he explained to them that trying to get across to them that every dot, every crossing of the T of the scripture, it was all about him. 
And he had come back to reestablish that relationship with lost humanity. And it's not just accident that one of the ways that he does that is to walk with them and, and say, hey, unload, go ahead, unload your burden on me. Adam, before it gets to the breaking point, tell me what's in your heart, son. Tell me what you're going through. Tell me what's happening in your life. We just call it prayer, communication with God. Oh, I'm convinced of it. You ought to know that by now. I'm convinced of it. But Jesus, listen carefully, Luke 24, 44 through 51. Got to follow this blessing. I don't know if you can get that up there, Brother Cliff. Powerful words here. It's hard to put my eyeballs back on, you know, and then turn to the small print in Scripture. You know the you know the story, Luke 24. I won't get it all right here. 24, 44 through 51. The Bible says that he shows himself alive. He shows himself alive, and he he here we go. And before I had done speaking in my heart, behold, no, 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 that that's uh, Luke. Did I tell you Genesis? It's a good story though. Luke 24, 44, but. Here we find that, that the Bible tells us that, that he, is, he is fixing, listen, he is fixing to go back to wherever he cometh from. And he said unto them, these are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. And the next one. Then he then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. And he said unto them, Thus it is written, thus it behooved Christ to suffer, to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached. Now this is his. This is his message. This is his message before. He, is, he has taught all the parables. Okay? He has done all the miracles. This is, his, this is his message now. And that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in, in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. What was that promise? That promise is the, the blessing of God that is going to come not in part, not in some diluted form. It is going to come 
in all of its power through the very Spirit of God. And I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued. Until what? That, that word means you're putting on the whole, the whole robe. That means you're putting on the whole robe. That means you're going to be putting on. If you do what, if you follow, if you follow that message, you're going to put on that robe of righteousness. You're going to put on that that robe of holiness. You're going to put on that blood, that scarlet blood-washed robe that is going to offer a protection upon the door of your heart. And now he says, and when there's one other thing this is going to do for you, he says, I am going to send you the promise of the Father Verse number 50, and he led them out as far as the Bethany. What's he doing? Picture with me. Picture with me in the beginning as Adam and Eve are kneeling before, right? And he led them out as far as he was going to go with them to Bethany. And he lifted up his hands. And he blessed them. Now he was blessing his people in a way that had never, he had never, God had never been able to do before. Now he was blessing them with the real-life experience of what it was like living in flesh and conquering every little munchkin devil that ever set foot and going to the very dark recesses of death and pulling them keys out of the fist of the old devil himself and walking out of that thing. Now, I don't know. You, you get the picture. He is about ready to ascend up into the clouds, but his last message is that the Bible said that he lifts up his hands and he blesses them. And it came to pass, while he blessed them, he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. As we know, the angels stood by. They said, yo, why are you looking up there for? Well, isn't that where we should be going? <laughs> you know, we want, to follow, we want to follow the leader. But oh, here, here, here. That same Jesus. That same Jesus that they saw ascending. We are going to see him break the very clouds of glory 
we're going to see him in all. We're going to see him as he is. Now we see, all we can see is, you know, like nothing. <laughs> and we're continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Oh, now remember, he told him, he says, you go, Jerusalem, and you wait. As you stand, wait. Follow the blessing. Where will it lead? It will lead right to his ascension, to his last message that he has for those that are waiting to experience the fulfillment of all that we can while we're on earth. He says, go to Jerusalem and wait. He says, until you receive the promise. What? The promise. Well, Peter spoke about it. He says, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel, that in the last days I will pour out my spirit. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, you understand God had just put His blessing upon the future church, the future creation. You, if you have been born of the water and of the Spirit, you are a new creation. You are not just a normal human being. I know you're saying, ooh, that's kind of, ooh, ooh, ooh. that's Star Trekish. No. That's from the Word of God. Because the Bible says that we are born again, not of the will of man, not of the will of blood, not of the will of flesh, but born of God. Jesus breathed on his disciples. And said, what? Receive ye the Holy Ghost. He now has placed his hands upon them. He is now ascended. He says, wait, because I'm about ready to do something pretty cool. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the house. And they all, cloven tongues of fire set upon him, and they all began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. I'm telling you, that that is, listen, you can get around it all you want, but I'm telling you that if you've not experienced the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you have not experienced the new creation that God had in plan from the beginning. He wants to breathe into you a new breath of life that comes from redemption's spirit.
they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Now listen carefully here. We're going to close here. Oh my goodness. What is a promise? Remember those words, be fruitful, multiply, fill, have dominion. Jesus said, I will give you power over all the enemy. He said, you shall receive power to be a witness. You shall receive power to overcome. You shall receive this cloak of power that is the kingdom of God, righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Ghost. Brother Cliff, I gave you number 622-27. Get this. And of course, they, were, they all received the Holy Ghost. 3,000 were added to the church. You understand, that was... That was the birthday of the church. There was no church until the day of Pentecost. It didn't exist. You can try your best. You ain't going to come up with it. It's right there. You got to follow the blessing. The blessing leads to Pentecost. The blessing leads to repentance and remission of sins. The blessing leads to the baptism of the glory of God in you. And the Lord spake unto Moses saying this. Now listen to me. These words were only spoken of, were only spoken by the ministry, by the priest when they came out of the tabernacle, out of the presence of God. You understand? These were the words that had been soaked into the ministry in the very outset when they had found themselves under that cloud, that Shekinah glory of God and the meeting place when they had been in the presence of God. Moses, by the commandment of God, said, when you come out of my presence, he said, this is the words that you have for my people. You shall bless the children of God and say unto them, listen carefully, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you and may the grace of God reach right into the deepest part of your soul. The Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace. In other words, He was saying, I want you to know that when, when you come out of the presence of God, you become a blesser of the people and you can't... These are the words that you speak to them. You speak unto them these words that, that come within the holiest of holies. You make sure that you tell them that my favor, that my countenance, that my eyes are upon them and I want to bless them. And give you peace. Of course, peace, shalom isn't just you know, peace and love. No, peace is overall complete prosperity, health, mental, 
physical, emotional. It's a peace. That's the peace of God that passes all understanding. Lift up his countenance. And they shall put my name upon them. <laughs> How did they? The, the, the blessing doesn't come in the name of the Father. The blessing doesn't come in the name of the Son. The blessing doesn't come in the name of the Holy Ghost. The blessing comes through the power of the ordained Messiah, God in flesh, through the holy, reverend name of Jesus Christ. That's the blessing that comes upon you. He says, I'm going to put my name up. I'm going to put my name upon them. And I will bless them. You take on the name of Jesus in water baptism. I'm telling you that he is fixing to want to bless you. Is there another one? 27, is that it? Oh, I gave you. Good enough. All right. Oh, those were the words that were spoken only after that a person came out of being in the presence of God. You listen to me. The world does not need you and me to kick them in the head. They, they don't need to hear that, you know, about all the turmoil and everything that's going on in the world. No, 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 no. They need to hear from you. You need to be a blesser. You need to be a blesser. You need to get into the presence of God. And then you need to come outside the city gates and you need to proclaim to them that there is a blessing that only comes from heaven's throne. It has been paid for in the blood if you're here this morning, if you need a blessing of God, I'm, I am telling you that He is here today. It does not matter what it is. If you need to be blessed of God, if you need a shower, if you need a shower from heaven's throne, I'm asking you, I'm I'm. I'm persuading you, if you will, if you will come down here and if you will just seek and worship the Lord for a few minutes. If you've never been filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, I am convinced that if you will lift your heart and your voice in your hands toward heaven and begin to worship Him and you feel the presence of God surround you, if you will just allow Him to speak through you, It's a gift. It's a gift of the Holy Ghost. If you need a healing in your body, if you have an emotional crisis, if you have mental anguish, whatever it is, if you need a job, if you need money, I am convinced that He has everything within the grasp of His hand.